Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. The book of John, chapter 20, verse 29, reads as follows. Jesus said to him, now, John is recording the words of Jesus that he's making to Thomas. The words of Jesus that he is making uh, the conversation he's having with Thomas as well as the other disciples. He says, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The first part of that is what we're going to really focus on this morning. Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But there's some people out there. In fact, there's some people in this sanctuary that have made up in their mind, just like they're going to bless the Lord. They say, we're going to be blessed because we have not seen, and yet we have believed. Based on what I've just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. Not relying on my senses, but choosing to believe. Not relying on my senses, but choosing to believe. I believe that faith with corresponding works is a vital tool for us as believers. And we as believers must continue to learn how to live a lifestyle of daily putting the word into action. We must continue to gain knowledge as well as understanding on that particular point. Now, based on my experience as a Christian as well as a pastor, when we put into action the word that we receive and believe, our results are blessings in our single life, our married life, our family, our finances, in ministry, career, and such like. May not come as fast as we want them to, but God is blessing us in, in the meantime. How many can, can, can testify to the fact that God has been blessing you, but not as fast as you want him to? <laughs> Hallelujah. He, he does it, though. I was thinking about a statement we sometimes make, you know, God don't come when he wants, but he's always on time. But let me say this to you. God going to come on his time regardless of when we call him to come. That's his bottom line because he is the Lord and we are his followers. He's he going to come on his timing, his timing. John inspires us to believe God's word based on what he wrote in John 20 and 29. The, these words are meant to urge us, to motivate us, and to stir us up. And it reads as follows, John, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Because you have, you saw with your natural eyes. Now remember there is a spiritual eye that the Bible talks about. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the natural senses, the natural eye. You became acquainted with by experience, Jesus. He's talking about himself. You have believed me. He has thought it to be true. Nothing false. You have confidence and you are persuaded. And see, when he says this, he is talking about because of what Thomas had experienced with his natural senses. But before that, Thomas said, you know what, I'm not going to believe. In fact, go over to in fact, John 20 and 24 and 25. John chapter 20, verses 24 and 25. 
Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. So remember, Jesus came back and visited his disciples, and but Thomas wasn't there when he came at that particular time. So now G, Thomas is hanging around the church still. He's still coming back around, and but he when he, this time when Jesus comes, Thomas is there. And so in verse twenty-five, excuse me, excuse me, he's not there this time. Let me say this to you. When he, Jesus came the first time, Jesus came to where the disciples were. Now remember, disciples, Jesus had died. Jesus had died. He had came back uh, and visited his disciples who were sitting in a certain room. And when he came and visited them, Thomas wasn't there. And later on, Thomas came after Jesus had left. And this is a conversation that takes place. Let me clarify that a little bit more. Now, Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of his nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So Thomas said, I got to see it as well as touch it. I've got to use my natural senses to believe. And Thomas had, when he said, I'm going to use my senses, senses going to represent a faculty of the body that perceives an external stimulus. Faculty of sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. This is what established his belief in God. Remember, he wanted to touch as well as see. He wanted to touch as well as see. Now, at times, we may have that same type of Thomas mindset where we trust God and his word to the point that his word is true as long as we see, as long as we touch, as long as we experience an outside source rather than an inward revelation. Remember Thomas said, I got to touch as see, I got to use my natural senses and we got to be careful that we are not like Thomas before he got converted. We gotta be, we gotta be careful that we don't need to see, we don't need to touch, we don't need to feel before we believe God's word. We, we got to have, be an individual who operates in faith. In my opinion, many times, uh, we do the work in faith. Faith and works work in harmony together. We, we've talked about that, uh, in previous messages. But when they work together, it releases the promise of God. It releases a declaration or assurance for one to do a particular thing. Now, let me say this to you about a promise. A promise is only as good as the one who's willing to do it or to keep it. Promise can only work if the person that's willing to keep the promise that he or she has made. One thing I've learned about a promise Human beings, if we make enough promises, sooner or later, we're going to break one of them. Thank y'all for two and a half amens right there. Humans can't keep every promise they make. 20 years, you're making promises. If you ain't broke but five, you're doing pretty good. Some of us break about one a month. One a year, two a year, three a year, hundred a year, whatever it is. And, and we don't mean to. It's just that promises, you got to have, you got to know something to keep a promise. Everything got to go the way you want it to. You can't have an accident. You can't be, something can't go happen somewhere else, cause you not to keep a promise. I mean, that's why God is so powerful. He keeps every promise he makes. 
I'm talking about from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus keeps every promise he makes. And God knows how to keep a promise. Woo-wee. I'm talking about heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one, uh, one, one word that he gives unto us. Because he knows how to keep a promise. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Isn't it good to know God knows how to keep a promise? Woo, that's good news to me. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. It becomes difficult uh, when you don't to believe other promises when you can't believe the person who is keeping the promise. Mm. That's why scriptures like Luke 6 and 38 are so powerful. Go to Luke 6 and 38. I want to show that to you. Because we know who's keeping the promise. That, that's what gets us. We know who's keeping the promise. Man can only do so much, but God knows how to keep a promise. He knows, but he got the power for that promise to come to pass. Luke 6 and 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Give, bring forth, deliver, or grant, give something to someone. Notice that particular promise he made. When you give, it's going to be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. The same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. Giving is a principle that works, but it requires faith and works, and senses cannot have a final say-so. One thing I've learned about senses, senses give, but they like to give to their own pleasure. Senses will give a little in the offering and the tithes, but if they're more in, senses are more interested in pleasing themselves. Oh, y'all ain't live long enough till you had your sight sense dictate to you what you get ready to buy. You ain't never had your nose tell you what you get ready to buy. You ain't never had what you touch dictate you what you get ready to buy. I mean, sometimes our sight will, will tell us, hey, you can't afford it. Well, I haven't did this, that, and the other. That's all right. You'll be all right. We'll take care of that right there. Boy, your sight will talk to you. Your sight will convince you, even though you just saw your banking account just a few hours ago. Two hours later, your sight will put that thing and twist it all the way around. Like I only got four people that's real honest and say, pray for the rest of us, y'all. Because sometimes our sight will talk to us. Our sight will tell us, oh, yeah, you can't afford it. It's only. Look, you might not pay for it this month. You can pay for it in two or three months. It's, it's 90 days, same as cash, sight talking to you. Sight is saying, woo, 90 days, same as cash. And, and it's got a good, this is a good deal right here, sight talking to you. And then sight will say, look how good you look in it too. Woo-wee. Boy, take, take, let's take a selfie and look at yourself. Click. And then what you do, you send it to one of your friends that will agree with your sight. Hey, don't you think I look good in this right here? Oh, yeah, girl. They got two of them. They got one on my side, too. <laughs> sight will talk to you. So don't think sight don't spend money. It says sight want to spend money on what it likes to spend money on. Smell will cause you to pull into a store. Go through a drive-thru. 
Don't walk through the mall and smell that cinnamon, cinnamon smell. Y'all might not know about the cinnamon smell. Don't walk through wherever you go to and ride down the street and smell certain smells. Because if you're hungry, you'll like, forget all this. I'm going to go buy me this, that, right here. Your smell will talk to you. See, they like the senses don't spend money, but they like to spend money on pleasing them. This is why you got to be careful to not to let the, your sight, your senses have the final say-so. You can't let your senses have the final say-so because you're not careful. You will be out of the will of God if your senses have the final say-so. That's why we have scriptures like Malachi 3 and 10. Let's go to Malachi 3 and 10. Malachi 3 and 10 reads as follows. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, saith the Lord of hosts, if I were to open you for the winter, open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there would not be room enough to receive it. So he wants us to bring, to, 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 to bring in, to enter in with all the tithes into the storehouse. So there be food in my house, and try me now in this, saith the Lord. If I'm going to open you up in the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. Making a weekly commitment to enter into God's house with all of his tithes, his portion requires faith and works. Especially when you can find other things to spend his tithes and offerings on. Yeah, yeah it's easy to, I'm telling you too. You can take God, listen, the enemy will tell you, use this money right here. Yeah, I know this money is set aside for God, but I need for you to take this money and spend it on something that your senses want to appease. And this is what you need to know. And some things are going to be what I would consider you would need, they're necessary for your senses. There might be a medicine or something like that that you need, and the Holy Spirit is leading you to take it. Well, the thing you've got to understand is whose purport do you believe? Because the enemy will always tell you to use God's money when really you could use some other money to do certain things. We have to learn how to do it God's way. We understand that we might give online. We might mail in the check. We might bring our tithes and offerings to the church. We do all these things. However, the principle of we got to make sure we're committed to coming into God's house with his portion to ensure his house is supplied with spiritual food, which leads him to manifest an open heaven in our lives to the point that we, are, we don't have room enough to receive it. That means God's going to take care of you in every aspect of your life. Each day we get another chance to believe his promises when faith in God and our corresponding actions are operating together. And let's not just limit God to our finances because he desires to work in our relationships as well. At times our ability to develop healthy and productive relationships can be a challenge. Some of us, and I, I'm guilty of this too, bring a lot of baggage into a relationship. And the people we're trying to get along with, whether or not it's at work, church, spouse, children, or such like, let me say this to you, and I know we talked about this before, but we teach people how to treat us. I respond to you based on how you treat, how you, uh, how you teach me to respond to you. And this is how we respond to one another. If I say certain things, I know I can get a certain response from you. If I do certain things, I know I get a certain response from you. We learn that from one another. 
But sometimes we forget that people are human and have human tendencies. With those human tendencies, we have to be able to grow and mature in a judge-free zone with lots of love and support just like God does for us. We need, we need those things in our lives so that we're not connected or interacting with things that are ungodly. It takes courage to believe God when the natural sounds, signs around you seem negative. It takes boldness to say, I believe God despite what I see. And let me say this, and I, I, and I underline this in my notes, what you see and what you experience are real. What you see and what you experience is real. I never want to negate what you see. I never want to negate what you're experiencing because I know that that is real. Your chain account is real. The health of your body is real. What you experience on your business and your work is real. We cannot negate that, but we got to say, God, you're greater than what I'm dealing with in the natural. God, you're greater than what I'm dealing with in my body, in my mind. What you do, what comes across your mind is real. You can't say it ain't there because that's why it got there. It's there. You got to learn that God is greater. He's greater. He is greater than what you deal with. And I'm not saying that what you're dealing with is not real. Let me tell you something. You got a pain in your body. That pain is real. And you're talking about Jesus moved the pain, but that pain still stays there. That's real. When you listen, when when the when you see a certain amount needs to be paid by a certain day, and you it's the day before, and you got this much money, that's real. That's real. I'm never going to negate the fact that what you're dealing with is not real. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you just, listen, just see it in the, just see it, just see it gone, just see it gone. Now, if that bill got to be paid, that bill got to be paid. If your car needs to be fixed, your car needs to be fixed. If you have certain things that you want to do and you believe God's wanting you to do, that is real for you. That is real for you. That's why it takes courage to walk by faith and not by sight. Go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Let me just say this. Life is real. Life is real. Relationships are real. Finances are real. They are real. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by what? We walk by faith, not by what? Sight is outward appearance. Not negating what you're dealing with because that's real. But we need to understand we walk by faith. We think, we talk, and we act based on our trust, our confidence, our assurance in Jesus. We walk by faith, not by sight. It takes walking by faith and not by sight when it comes to not being judgmental or condemning toward others, especially when you can see their actions are questionable, controversial, suspicious, and suspect. Ooh, glory be to God. You know how it is, because sometimes we'll make a judgment based on limited information. Limited information. We'll jump to a conclusion based on a video. We'll say that this is, we'll start, we'll be judge, jury, and executioner, even though we don't know all the facts. 
We'll take 15 seconds to try to make a, a, a whole life decision on it. And you got to make sure you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Luke chapter 6 and verse 37. The book of Luke chapter 6 and verse 37. Judge not. And you should not be judged. Condemn not, and you should not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Judge means to call into question, to determine an opinion. He says, judge not, and you should not be judged. Condemned, it means to pronounce guilty. Don't do it, and you will not be condemned yourself. Forgive, set free or release, and you will be forgiven. You know how God, isn't it one of, one of how God does this? He said, you do some judging, you're going to be judged yourself. If you condemn, you're going to be condemned yourself. One thing I've learned about this, and, and, I, I, and this, this, this is life experience, y'all. This is life experience. When you don't judge and when you don't condemn, it don't come back on you quite as hard. But when you start judging and condemning, let me tell you something. People start seeing your flaws so easily. It, I mean, it's amazing. They'll see everything you're doing wrong. Even stuff you didn't want them to see. It's like the Lord allowed them to see it. Because why? He tells you not to do it. So when you don't do it, you ain't got to worry about coming back on you. Because it ain't going to be God doing it. It's going to be people around you doing it. God knows everything about you. You think God's sitting there trying to wonder whether or not you got faults or not, or you got some issues going on. God knows everything about you. Knows everything. He ain't got to judge you. He knows you. He knew you before you did the act. And so you wonder who that's talking about is people around you. Because you understand you can't ask God to bring a judgment that's unjust because he knows everything about you. He knows, he can't get, he knows everything about you. He still loves you knowing everything about you. So why do you think that he's, he's going to bring something like that on? He's talking about what we're dealing with in an everyday mindset. At times, we want grace to grow when we should come up short and make mistakes. But it takes faith and words to give others grace to grow when they come up short and make mistakes. Listen, we got to be able to forgive others. Now, I know they, listen, we're human beings, y'all. You're going to live long enough to, to mess up somewhere. My thing is not the mess up, it's how you respond to the mess up. Do you ask God to forgive you? Do you ask people to forgive you? Do you ask them, say, you know what, I was wrong. Did I, I, I made a mistake. I came up short. And if, listen, if you live on this earth long enough, this is going to be you right here. This is going to be you. You live long because you're human. We're quick as a society to jump to conclusions. Social media jumps to conclusions all the time. All the time. That's, that's why we got to be as Christians. We can't be jumping on these bandwagons. Can't be jumping on that. I, I was sad. I didn't even know this had happened. And I'm going to use that young actor that passed away. They, he had an interview, and they said that he did an interview a few months ago. And he was because of the way he looked, because of the condition. He didn't tell anybody what he was dealing with. That everybody just jumped on him talk about how you just do it. They're just down, down and bad. Down and bad. I'm like, this man was battling in his body, but yet folks are speaking what they don't have no business. Didn't know Jack. Didn't know nothing. But had the, had the uh, gall audacity to bring judgment. 
Now that's the world right there. That is the world right there. But we in the church, we ought to know better. We as Christians ought to know better. When the Holy Spirit says, hey, don't be trying to judge. Don't condemn. Make sure you forgive. He's telling us that for a reason. Because we're going to run across a situation where we're going to have to not judge not. We can't condemn and we must forgive. So in turn, we'll have the same grace that God gives us. We'll be able to give others. We people, our homes, our church, and even those we meet. I believe that many marriages would be a better place if a person would allow scriptures like Luke 6 and 37 to be at work in their lives. We have a strong parent and children relationship. If parents will give their children grace, and if children will give their parents grace to grow. I have never parent for my child at the age she is right now. Never parent my son at the age he is right now. So I need grace to parent them just like they need pay grace with me as well. Are y'all seeing that? Now, we have a, the same is true in the church. When new babes come into the house, house of God, saints who are being challenged, they are saints, they could be saints who are being challenged in their faith and enter into God's house. Do we give them grace to grow or do we judge, condemn, and not forgive? I'm always interested how people sometimes judge and condemn and not forgive, especially what I know about most people in this congregation. I don't know everything about you. I know enough. I know God has forgiven you. I know God has uh, not condemned you. I know God, listen, if God can forgive me, all the stuff I did, I know he'll forgive anybody in the sanctuary. And that's the stuff y'all know about. It's the stuff y'all don't know about. You're like, whoo, yeah, he forgive me of that too. So I know God will have mercy on everybody in the sanctuary. Thank you for your mercy, God. Oh, how many, this, lift one hand and say, thank you for your mercy, God. I believe that when we love God, we develop a lifestyle of learning to love God on a daily basis. It truly helps us to develop our love for others. Let's go to Mark 12, 29 through 31. Mark 12, 29 through 31. You know, I wrote down something here. Uh, how many are in the, in the same class with me in the class of learning how to love? How many? Uh, in, in, you, you can try to skip this class, did you? People didn't raise their hand. You tried to skip the class or anything like that? Thought about you don't need to go. You got this already down. Don't worry. Wait till your next test, test come. Wait till that next text come. You'll be running in there. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to miss the class. I'm in this class of learning how to love. Boy, this is a class. It should, it should be full. It's amazing how many people already think they got it down. But don't worry. One good test. Have you run into the classroom? You'll be there for the teacher to get there. Hey, I, I need to make sure. And make sure you do your homework too. Study the scriptures. Hallelujah. Mark 12, 29 through 31. Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. See, <laughs> 
Mark showed us that before we love our neighbor, our friends, the fellow man, a woman, those who we live with or those we come in contact with, basically just everybody you meet, we must love the Lord our God. We love God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind, which indicates that this is a choice. We must learn how to choose wisely. And for those who want to feel in love all the time, chances are that's not happening all the time. You ain't going to feel like you love all the time. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. You choose to love. You choose to love. This is the first of all the commandments to indicate there is not one, no other commandment more important than this one. In fact, he goes on to tell us in 1 John 4 20. Let's go to 1 John 4 and 20. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who, do, who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Well, John broke that down, didn't he? We learn how to love the invisible God so we can love our visible human neighbors. Even though our encounter may not always be pleasurable. It may not always be pleasurable, but we're learning how to love. We may not always see, hear, and experience what we think in our interaction with people, but I believe that Jesus knows that we are more blessed when we can believe even when we can't see. Let's go back over to John 20 and 29. Look at John 20 and 29. This, I'm going to read to you again. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed, happy, consecrated, prosperous, empowered, and set apart are those who have not seen with their natural senses. And yet they have believed. They thought it to be true. Nothing false. They have put trust and confidence. They are persuaded. We make a weekly choice to come and hear God's word proclaim in our lives. The word has the power to empower us, to prosper us, and bring happiness in our lives. It's a decision despite being faced with other options. We all got options. You have the option to come or not to come. You made the decision to come. And so now you should expect God to empower you. You should expect God to prosper you. You should expect God to bring happiness in your life because you made a decision to believe his word. As a matter of fact, Jesus declares blessings over us in John 20 29. We, we, we can believe his written and revealed word, even though we haven't seen the full manifestation yet. That's why he makes that declaration unto us. So therefore, we should expect God to do what he says. Even though it may not come, some of it may not manifest as fast as we want. We can believe God to do what he says. In my opinion, John, the author of this gospel, using this text to encourage us to be mindful of not allowing our senses to hinder the resurrected power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Hinder, of course, is to create difficulties which may cause delay in acting upon. While we appreciate our ability to hear, see, touch, smell, and taste, we have to be careful not to allow our senses to overrule our faith, even when it comes to trusting God and manifesting his promises in our lives. 
We can't allow our senses. And thank God for our senses. Thank God for the ability to hear, to see, to touch, the smell, and the taste. But we cannot allow them to overrule what God is doing in our lives. Can't allow to overrule. Even during during uh, excuse me, during Jesus' time on earth, some of the people had walked who had walked closely with him that had challenged in believing his power to conquer death, hell, and the grave. Thomas was one example, but the disciples were not far away. This is what you need to understand. I'm going to explain it just a little bit about this. If they truly believed what he taught them when he was on the earth, they never would have looked for him at that tomb. Let that sink in for a moment. Why? Because he told them, I will not be in that tomb. I will be resurrected. But yet they look for him in the tomb. Do you notice how they missed a few points along the way? They missed the fact that he said, you know what? When I die, I'm going to resurrect and I will be alive. Good God Almighty. I'll be alive. And he was alive too. That's for when, listen, they rolled the, the, what I call, what I would say, the rock away from the tomb. It was not to let Jesus out, but it was to let them in. Hey, and the angel said, who are you looking for? This Jesus, who you're looking for, is not here. He, it's just like he told you, I'm going to resurrect. That's why when God gives you his word, he can back up his promises. He can back up if he say he's going to heal you. He can back up if he say he's going to prosper you. He can back up if he says he's going to do this, that, and the other for you. He can back it up. You know what's powerful about it? He can back it up even if you don't believe it. Many people didn't believe it, but he still backed it up. God is still backing up his word today. His word is not returning back to him, boy, but it's accomplishing everything he sent it out to do. Even when people don't believe it, God is still doing what he said. Is he not providing divine protection? Is he not prospering you? Is he not healing your body? Is he not delivering you? Is he not doing what he said he would do in his word? He's doing it. He is doing exactly what he said. Therefore, you can't let your senses overrule you. You can't let your senses over you because the disciples were sitting there. The Bible says, and we're going to read this a little bit later. They were sitting in the room afraid, fearful. See, if you believe God, you won't be fearful like that. But, you know, it's amazing how fearful people can draw together and, and, and get, I guess, for lack of better terminology, strength of fear. Their fear just getting stronger and stronger. Because fearful people, they just hang around each other and they talk fear. Just like you need, that's why you need faithful people around you that talk faith. That talk that what God's doing. Talk about that. You ever notice that when you start hanging around fearful, if you ever have the opportunity, I hope you don't, of hanging around fearful folk, that all they talk is fear. All they talk is doubt. All they talk is unbelief. But when you hang around people of faith, they talk about what God is doing. They talk about the testimonies of God. They talk about how God delivered them last week. He'll deliver them next week. They talk about how God will bring you out of darkness into this marvelous life. They talk about how God healed me last week. He'll heal me this week. God prospered me last month. He'll prosper me this month. Lord, I know we're about three more months, but I'm looking for God to do exceedingly, abundantly above anything he asks or thinks according to the power that work of him. God is 
just doing what he said. Oh, you say this is a bad year? No, this is a God year. God is doing what he said according to his word. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. Despite what our senses are telling us. Despite what your senses may tell you. That's why Thomas had, he had another chance to choose to believe. That's why he said in John 20 and 28. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. You know what happened? He got a chance to touch. He got a chance to feel. And he said, my Lord and my God. Now, I'm going to bring another question up to you, too. I want you to think about it a little bit more. Why didn't God choose to let him see the stripes? Remember, he was beat with a cat in my tail. I mean, every time that they hit him, it would dig into his claw, dig into his back, and to rip part of the skin out. But notice something. Jesus decided to heal that part of his body. They put, they put nails in his feet and nailed him up to the cross. But he decided to heal his feet. They nailed him to the cross. He decided to leave his hands. unhealed or hole in his hands. And he left his side when it pierced him. They left that. Jesus left certain amount of evidence for Thomas to believe as well as the disciples. It lets me know God will give you a certain amount of evidence that will appease to your senses to get you on that road to belief. So he doesn't just negate all your senses. Because think about this. He gives us his word. What we do, we read his word. We study his word. That it, we understand his word. We understand. We see examples of faith through scripture. And we see examples of faith out there amongst you as believers. We see that God's word works among us. He gives us signs to believe. These signs will follow them that believe. They're going to be signs he's going to follow. But we don't allow the senses to overrule what God is doing in our lives. Are y'all seeing this? Thomas, his disciples, they had an opportunity to believe again. Notice how personal Thomas' experience was. We have to make sure that we have a personal relationship with Jesus. At times, we may be tempted to serve and do for God to please others because our spouse wants us to, our parents wants us to, people in church want us to, but you need a personal, intimate relationship with God. That when God says it, you believe it. That when you, you're like Thomas, my Lord and my God. Let me tell you, if you think about your life right now, God has healed you. You ought to be saying, my Lord and my God. You mean when God prospered you? you I'm talking about when you know that, that nobody do it but Jesus. You ought to say, my Lord and my God. Well, you know that God calls you to think and to talk and to act right. You got to say, my Lord and my God. You want to know that when God made a way out of no way, can't nobody explain it but you and God. Somebody, sometimes when you pray, nobody knows your prayer like God does. 
And you can say, my Lord and my God. I imagine if you look back in your life in this last week or two, you can look at a experience that you had with God and you can say, "Woo, my Lord and my God. Because can't nobody do me like Jesus. It's personal to you. It's personal. You know who God is. You know, get nobody to do that but God. Listen, when you got that phone call, when you got that, listen, you found that money, when you got that unexpected blessing from God, you got, you ought to know that was my Lord and my God. This thing is personal to you. Yeah, our, our testimony are fine, but we got to know God for ourselves. And that's what Thomas got out of this situation. When he went beyond his senses, he had a personal relationship with God that went deeper than a touch, went deeper than his sight. This thing was personal to God. And I want all of us to have a deeper relationship with God than just a touch or a feel. Than a touch or a feel. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I got a little excited about that one. Now, Jesus used this moment to teach Thomas as well as us as far as a very important lesson. Thomas, you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You observe me with your natural eyes, you believe. But there's going to be some saints in this sanctuary. There are going to be some saints here at Overcomers Christian Center. There are going to be some saints living in the year 2020 going through a pandemic who have not seen but yet believed. Yet believed. If we can't rely on our senses because our senses will only take us to a certain level. We're not really, you got to really stretch your faith when you really want to believe God and have a relationship with him. Nothing wrong with seeing in here this Revelation 12 and 11 states for us. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not let their lives to death. They conquered, they had the victory, and they prevailed by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I think that sometimes we may forget it takes faith and corresponding action to bring about a strong testimony, evidence, a godly report, evidence strong enough to go before a judge with positive results. Thomas relying on Thomas used to rely on his senses, but now Thomas has made a choice to believe. When you're going through life, you have to make a choice as well. One of the most important choices you will make in your life. Will you be a believer or will you live by your senses? Many of us, and, and I, I'm sure it's not the first time, because your senses didn't lie to you. What the doctor said was real. What the lawyer said was real. What the professional said was real. But whose report do you believe? We make a decision, I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to be like Thomas and choose to believe by faith. I'm going to believe by faith. Decisions will come. 
You got to make some, I mean, you got to make some important decisions in your life. You got to believe God in that decision making. That's why when you're led by the omniscient God, the all-knowing God, he leads and guides you into all truth. Even the truth he leads you in, you got to make a decision to follow him. Because it takes courage to follow God in the middle of what you see sometimes. It takes courage when God is telling you to do this, that, and the other. It takes courage to give when you're being challenged in your finances. It takes courage to believe God when he tells you to do certain things that go against uh, professional opinions. It takes courage to do what God calls you to do. And you can't go by your senses. Senses will have you jacked up because senses change. One thing I've learned about my senses is I mature in age. They're not as sharp as what they used to be. I just leave that right there for some of y'all, okay? But God is still Lord. Why? As my faith grows, as my trust in God grows, as my confidence in Jesus, my assurance and my trust in the almighty God, we are not going to allow our senses to lead us, but we're going to continue to follow the omniscient God, the Holy Spirit. What is he going to do? Continue to lead and to guide us into all truth. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.